With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Face off. Katula swats it free. He's going to break away for a 3-1 lead. Reed shot score. And he's got it. His fourth of the year in Edmonton by a deuce with a 29 to play. The hustle and the finish from rookie Drake Kajula. Big goal at a big time. And the Oilers keep rolling. 7-0-1 in their last eight. They've won three straight. All of them were on the road. Tonight, the final tally Edmonton 4, San Jose 1. Andre Sekera with two goals tonight. Connor McDavid had an empty netter. McDavid and Dreisaitl both extend their point streak to seven games. And Cam Talbot, again, giving the Oilers very good goaltending. He makes 32 saves to pick up his 26th win of the season. What a way to go into the All-Star break. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins, former NHL All-Star Game mm-hmm. participant Rob Brown, joining us as well as it uh, is uh, an incredible transformation I, I i know sometimes fans say quit talking about the past but it is relevant it's obviously long overdue improvement but the extent of the improvement over last season and they walk into california and outscore the ducks and the sharks 8-1 to win these two games uh, uh, unbelievable uh, you look at this team and the belief they have in themselves and it's not a belief that has come just because they've won as of late. This is a team that believed right from the beginning of the season that they had a playoff caliber team. And they've come on this road trip and, and people say, you know, if they get three points out of this six, it's going to be good. Four would be incredible. Well, how about six for six? And, you know, it, it wasn't always pretty. But I'm just looking at the stats. Things you do to win hockey games. You block shots. The, the Oilers tonight with 28 blocks compared to the, the 9 by San Jose. Now, part of it is San Jose was shooting a lot more. Mm-hmm. But the willingness of the Oilers players to do the little things, the back check, the back pressure uh, on a couple of plays, dry settle twice, um, Connor McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, skilled players doing the little things. That's how the Oilers are going to win. That and the fact that they've got incredibly solid goaltending from Cam Talbot time and time again. They have an opportunity to win every time they step on the ice because they're guys that can put the puck in the net, and they have a goaltender that has not had a weak game outside of one against Buffalo all season long. And, you know, the special team's key tonight. The Oilers go one for two on the power play. The Sharks were 0 for 4. They had a double, uh, they had a four minute power play. Larson got a double minor early in the third period. And uh, I think for the fourth star of the game, uh, I can go w- with a few guys here, but uh, Chris Russell played 4-14 while shorthanded. Drake Kajula played 3-0-2 while shorthanded. Mark Letestu played 3-0-6. 
Andre Secker played 354 shorthanded. I'm just giving out several fourth stars of the game uh, for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates because so many guys did their own little, filled in their own little piece of the puzzle to help get the win tonight. Well, what was so great about the, the PK, you know, when, you, when you're on a power play, you're obviously your goal is to score a goal. But if you don't score, you want to create positive momentum going forward. The Oilers' penalty kill not only stopped any momentum San Jose had, they created momentum going the other way. The Oilers had, I'm thinking, four, at least four good quality scoring chances. Well, they were shorthanded. They they are very aggressive. They they push they push you incredibly. They 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 go out hard at the points. If there's a bobble, if there's a mistake, they're gone. They're thinking offense. And is it a power play? Now that's in the back of your mind. And the Oilers not only stopped San Jose, they created chances while they were shorthanded and took all momentum away from the San Jose Sharks. By the way, the three stars of the game selected by Sharks broadcaster Dan Rusinowski. He's not playing Homer here. Secker, Talbot, McDavid, one, two, three in that order tonight, as opposed to Cam Fowler getting a star last night for a Ducks team that was shut out. Uh, it's incredible. It's uh, it's been fun so far, and, and the great thing is the, the you know the, the the tense part of the season is still ahead. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text us at six thirty six thirty. So Rob, I did a short version of Inside Sports tonight before the game from six to seven, and one of our loyal callers and listeners texted in and said, "Reed, it's going to be a win, and I'm going to be the first guy on overtime open line, and that's Rocket." And here he is. I didn't know I'd be the first caller, Reed. Right on. That's awesome. How are you, Rob? Doing very I, good, as man. usual, as usual, I agree with everything you say, and and uh, often when I'm waiting on hold and I have, you know, some things that I want to talk about, you you generally cover them. So uh, I have to come up with something on the fly. But uh, tonight, um, I'm thinking of uh, Petlick, who uh, had eight goals before he went out, and I'm thinking about how many goals he would have now, and. Uh, what a what a wonderful run this was and i didn't i didn't call in in the anaheim game because i knew um that they were going to win against san jose after they won the anaheim game so i i I didn't call into the 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 talk show after i apologize for that there was a reason for it because uh of uh reed's uh text message i knew they were going to win tonight and here we are we're in first place edmonton Away we go. Thank you, folks, and we'll talk to you again. We sure will. Rocket, always great to hear from you. 4-1 Oilers over the Sharks tonight. And, yes, the two teams are even atop the Pacific Division with 64 points. The way the NHL places the teams, they put the Sharks first because they have played one less game, but still, same number of points uh, at the Sharks and right in the thick of it for the uh, division title down the stretch here. we got plenty of guys on hold. You're all going to get on tonight, but let's bounce back to San Jose, and here's tonight's winning coach, the Oilers' Todd McClellan. It was a difficult start just because San Jose came out so strong, but you get through the first and it, it, it appeared you just sort of picked up steam from there. How did you assess it? I think that's a, a fair assessment. Obviously playing the night before and San Jose traditionally uh, getting off to that 10 or 12, 15 minute push, uh, we were able to weather it and in large part due to Cam's goaltending again. And, and we found our legs and we started to do some things with the puck we needed to do and it uh, changed the momentum a little bit. So special teams, we uh, 
first time uh, in a long time that we've won the special teams battle against San Jose and perhaps the, the difference tonight. Uh, what did you think about Cam starting back-to-backs and uh, showing uh, your confidence in him by playing the way he did this evening? Well, he, he was... You know, I think he wanted to play in Calgary last week, but uh, the schedule just, we'd wear him right out. In this situation, we had three days off. Uh, we're going into a four-day break. He was fresh. He said he felt real good. Uh, Dustin Schwartz, our goaltender coach, confided in, in us and him, and we felt real good about putting him in. What's it like for you to be tied for top spot in the Pacific Division heading into the All-Star break? Well, I think it's a feather in the, in the cap of the players. They've bought into... Uh, into a system they bought into each other they care about each other and uh, to scratch and claw and win and uh, you know on the road in these last two games uh, in very tough buildings is something that we should be uh, proud of and we should be confident with but uh, it's also uh, only the all-star break there's a lot of hockey left you call yourself a growth team is one of those signs of that being able to again get a late period uh, big goal timely goal well, I think it is. Um, good teams score at the right times, and they're able to uh, to turn the tide of momentum uh, back into their favor, at least uh, you know uh, on an even keel. And tonight we didn't have momentum early, but we were able to turn it back. So um, goals, shifts, block shots, those all uh, those all add up to. Uh, to at least evening the game out, and it did tonight. Well, they got a big goal late in the first period. Andre Secker with 5.6 seconds left. Maroon didn't get a point on the play, but he was really strong on the forecheck. McDavid got the only assist. And and, and Rob, I mean, you've, you've been there as, as an athlete at the highest level in this sport, and it's easier said than done, but teams talk about playing 60 minutes, and we know you're never going to dominate 60 minutes, but one thing Todd has said that, that has resonated with me you know, when I'm there for the interviews and all that stuff, he has said you, you, you have 60 minutes to win the game. And he's also said the game often comes down to five or six shifts. You just don't know which ones they're going to be. And it might, it might be yours when you step out on the ice. So why not try to make it yours? I, I mean, I, Rob, I'm sure, you, I mean, I'm sure you've been there where you've been down one nothing at the end of the second period and there's a minute left and your team is probably thinking like, okay, let's just get out of here down one, let's not take a chance, let's not give anything up. I mean, the Oilers have showed, okay, there, there's an opportunity late in the period, Cassie and Leslie, we got to jump on that. Maybe that's the shift that makes the difference. Well, it, it certainly does, and it, it's it's a boost for the team that scores, but it's more so deflating for the team that gets scored on because they everything is going positive for them. They're, they're going to feel good about themselves. Then all of a sudden that mistake or that breakdown, and you're going in the dressing room thinking of what could have been you got the coaches are mad, so everyone's got their heads down. You try to pep each other up, but, you know, everyone's feeling, why, why, why did we make that mistake? It'd be, we could be sitting here with a lead right now, and I've been there. So it's, as much as it's a positive for the team that, that, that produces or does something special at the end of the period, it is, it's just so deflating, demoralizing for the team that, I mean, San Jose was the better team in the first period. And they had all those opportunities. So not only do you get demoralized because you got scored on, the lead's gone. You start thinking about all the missed opportunities where you could have extended the lead. So now you're, you're, you're demoralized, you're frustrated because it should be, we should be up 2 nothing. This shouldn't be 1-1. One, one. And you, that's the feeling you go into the next period with. You're like, huh, you're already behind the eight ball. So the others uh, are a team that they're dangerous and it doesn't matter who's on the ice. And they're a team that just, it doesn't quit. And I don't want to say that this team quit before, but the effort level 
is much stronger now than it has been any time in the last decade. Yeah, I mean, they have a, be- they have a better roster. We can't under- yep. underestimate that, starting with the goaltender, as, as we've talked about a lot. But but you're right. I mean, you can't put a percentage on it. Does attitude mean 10%? Does it mean 70%? I don't know. And it might be different for each individual. But it means something. And, and, and they stick with it, and they're playing for each other, and they never think they're out of it. And, I mean, tonight, you know, you get down four minutes in, that sucks. You know, you could have said, ah, well, we had a good run. We won six of seven. Okay. We never win here. But they come back and they and they finish it. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Plenty more post-game reaction coming from SAP Center. But right now we go to Greg on the open line. Hello, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. So I got a few things as usual. First of all, I want to do a show with my buddy Phil, who is a diehard Oilers fan, but couldn't watch the game tonight because he's at work. Um, second of all, um, the, I think California looked a, really choppy in the last two games. But um, Sorry, who did? So I got the, the ice in uh, California. Oh, the ice. Like, Sorry, okay. Yeah, yeah. the ice looked – the puck looked like it was bouncing around a lot. But anyway, um, so, you know, as a diehard Oilers fan, watching them lose for 10 years and even prior to that, you know, they haven't had really any good seasons. Um, and even this year – because of the previous years, I was, I was skeptical still, and like most other fans are, you know, still watch every game, though. But um, this um, back-to-back game, um, back-to-back game is Anaheim and San Jose, um, officially made me realize that this team is legit, and this team has a chance. So it's nice to see, and, and um, you know, I've always cheered for them. But the other question I had is for you guys, did you think that the Oilers at the beginning of the season would be, be this good? Or, or no. where they are in the standings? No, the flat out no. I know a lot of people didn't. Flat out no for me. I thought I predicted them to win 38 games. They're at 28, and they have 31 games left. So I, I predicted they'd miss the playoffs. So yeah, no, we did not think they would be where they are right now, and I think that's just a testament to what the coaching staff, the general manager, and the players have put together through the first fifty some games. All right, four one. The Oilers win it over the Sharks. Sekera with two, Kajula with one, McDavid with an empty netter. We have Tony, Kevin, and Randy as the next three guys in the batting order on the phone lines. You can jump in at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is Overtime. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On the boards, pitching in his brawn, a shot to the net, save Talbot, rebound, wrap around, in front, back in her save, Talbot kept it out! What a remarkable save on Timo Meyer by Cam Talbot! That was a beauty. That's Talbot's save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Scramble in front of the net. And, Rob, when we first saw that, we weren't sure if, if Talbot saw where the puck was or he just happened to have his leg there. And then when they showed the slow motion replay, you saw Talbot turn his head, even though he was leaned to the right, still kick out with his leg to the left to extend the pad and stop Meyer in tight. Uh, he's just zoned in. And I don't know if the word economical as a goaltender. I, I, I've never seen one that 
I know that we've talked about other goalies. Gustafson, when he was here, he was all over the place. And someone called when the Bressois played. He seemed like he was swimming at times. And as a player, we, we don't care how the guy stops it. Just stop it. One of the best that ever played was Dominic Hasek. And he, he, I don't think he even understood what he was doing <laughs> at times. But watching Cam Talbot, he, he, he just seems he knows where the play is going to go. He's already there. He's always set. He does. There's not movements all over the place. He just puts himself in the position where, well, this is where the puck should go. It should hit me. And I think it was you and I were talking last year when we were talking about Jonathan Quick. Someone asked him about, you know, great right. saves. And he's like, well, no, no. I know the puck's going there. I study film. I know when he's got the puck on his stick. And I, I know that that guy's going back door. So that's where the puck's going to go. So I'm already there. I'm not guessing. It's me knowing what the players are doing, and that's what Cam Talbot, he, he's reading the play. He understands it. When you're watching him in net, you always look at his head, and his head, all oh, right, he's look, the guy at the point's got the puck. Okay, I'm going to look over to my right. Okay, that guy's there. Okay, pucks, there's no shooting lane there. Puck's probably going to go there. So now he reads the play and understands where the puck's going to go. And I, there, there, I can't remember the last time we saw him let a goal in and we're like, you know, he probably wanted that one back. He's just that good right now. And I said to you when we were off air, it's still early. There's 30 games left and anything can happen. But his name has now got to be thrown in the Vezina talk because he is playing that well. And his team that nobody, even us guys in Edmonton that are cheering for them, nobody thought they'd be where they are. He's the biggest reason they're on top of the division right now. So good on Cam Talbot and good on Peter Shirelli. That could go down as one of the best trades the Oilers have ever made. Oilers win 4-1 over the Sharks. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll say good evening to Tony. Hey, Tony, go ahead. Uh, yes, I have two things. The first one is when Adam Larson um, high-sticked, um, whoever it was, I can't remember exactly, isn't it in NHL rules that the follow-through, if someone gets high-sticked, it's just continued on the person goes to the bench, gets it yep. taped yep. up or whatever. Yep, but that's referee's judgment. They decided it was a penalty. And the second one is, in my opinion, and I don't know how many people will agree with me on this, but I will say that in Canadian hockey, I'd say Cam Talbot is beating Carey Price in the best goalie in the NHL right now. It, over the last month, yes. Yes, he is. Can, uh, I've watched. I've watched a few of the, the Canadian games. I've watched a lot of highlights. Uh, Carey. I mean, Carey is still great, uh, but he hasn't been Carey Price like he normally is in some of the games as of late. Uh, but you look over bigger picture. Carey Price is still the best Canadian goalie in, in on any Canadian team. He's, he's to me, he's the best goalie in the world right now, Carey Price. But Cam Talbot, I believe, is in the talk for being the best goalie this season for what he has done for the the workload that he takes on uh and and taking this team to where it is in the standings i i think that cam talbot's got to be talked about as having one of the best seasons for a goaltender uh, this year i mean if it's me if i if i have to vote for the vesna right now tony i vote for devin Dubnik. yeah i agree but uh, Devin Dubnik also had those games where he is completely out of position. I've, I've, Devin I, know I know they have 31 wins, and like I think it's about 10 or 11 losses. But Devin Dubnik, like, how long is he going to be good for? He might well, be only good for this season. Well, this is this. Whatever. No, this is what the third straight year for Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik was up for the Vezina. 
last year? Yeah. Was it? The year before. And he's been in, this is back to, he's been two All-Star yeah. games. This is, I don't know, is he in it this year? Would it be three All-Star games in a row for Devin? I don't even know. De- Devin's been good since he's gone to Minnesota. He's been excellent since he's gone to Minnesota. So I there's there's nothing you can say about negative about Devin Dubnik and what he's done with the Minnesota Wild. He has put them on his back. The Minnesota Wild's team changed when Devin Dubnik started playing goal for them. But, I mean, this, it's not to belittle Talbot. Oh, I mean, no, this but is the fact that you put him in that conversation, Tony, is, 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 is absolutely, uh, well, that's a huge positive. But... Mm-hmm. And, and deservedly so for Cam Talbot because he's been excellent. Uh, I mean, of goalies who have, uh, thanks a lot for calling, Tony, of, of goaltenders who have played enough to qualify because they, they don't just put you on the save percentage list if you've played five minutes. Uh, Cam Talbot is 10th in save percentage at 922. He is just ahead of Carey Price. Uh, if you just put in guys who have played over 30 games then uh, Camp Talbot would be fourth in save percentage. So you knock out a guy like Jimmy Howard, Thomas Grice, Scott Darling. Well, they've still played in the 20s, so they've still played quite a bit. Yep. He's having a great season. That's the that's the point. Yeah, he is. And as we've said many times on the show, the most important player to the Edmonton Oilers this season, I believe, has been Camp Talbot. We have Randy on the line. Hey, Randy. Hey, Randy, are you with us? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, are you with me? Yeah. Who you right now? Do you hear me? Hello. Hello. In? Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, all right. Let's get down to brass tacks. First off, the price is still right. Yeah, he's still number one, but we're going to move off that right now. Tell you right now, collectively, the Oilers are acting like a unit. Everything is clicking. I like the direction we're all going. Yeah, and I think you all do, too. You're all listening and you're thinking, what's going on? But I'll tell you what's going on. We got a streak, yeah. But we got a team, collectively, all together. Yeah, and it starts with guys like Mapoon running around, hitting bodies like they don't matter. And Lucha coming, he acts like I'm the big guy on the ladder. Doesn't matter. Collectively, we're all getting it done, and the run is going just like the cream rises to the top. Yeah, cream rises to the top when you have a cup of coffee, and we're gonna hit the playoffs. We're gonna have a little cup of coffee in the playoffs, and the cream will rise to the top. Mm, yeah, and the beat goes on. Dig it. All right, that is, uh, I believe. The spirit of Macho Man Randy Savage. Is Kellen, you're a big wrestling guy. Yeah. Is that where he was going with that? Now it's pretty impressive considering what Macho Man's been gone for four years, five years now. Something that was like that. Uh, that was a pretty good impression. I, I actually knew who it was or who he was aiming for. Not yeah, the, I, I think who he was aiming for. I don't think it was really Macho Man. No, it was channeling him, shall we say. <laughs> well, I wonder if that's going to be a regular segment. I, if he call, if he ever calls again. I'd be more impressed if he did a different wrestler every time than if he did Macho Man again. Well, yeah, but you, then you're going to tax my wrestling guys that I know. Well, I would know that, Hulk Hogan. Uh, that might be it. Yeah, that, I, I don't that's know. Ultimate Warrior, maybe? Box Who? What's that? <laughs> that's opening Pandora's box story. Well, we'll see. It is okay. 11.51. We, we still do have the delete button, don't we? 
So Yes. Uh, the Japanese Village goal light tonight not turned on. Oilers were one goal short. I don't think you mind, though. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to light that on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon to a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Big goal tonight for Drake Kajula back to San Jose. Here's the Oilers rookie center late period goal to kind of, um, well, in this case, tie it up and give yourself a chance. Uh, how much, what does that say about the team? Yeah, uh, you know, coming into a back-to-back, we didn't have our legs early on and they were kind of taking it to us and we were being a little bit sloppy, but, uh, you know, I think that goal late in the period kind of injected some momentum our way and, uh, you know, came out in the second period a lot better and uh, from there we kind of kept rolling, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show how, you know, mentally strong our team is to, you know, keep pushing even though when things aren't going our way. And Cam Talbot's a big reason for that as well. Yeah, to say the least, he's uh, he made some key saves early on, and then throughout the rest of the game, he just made a lot of big saves, and he's been doing that all year for us. And uh, you know, good teams need good goaltending, and uh, you know, he's been he's been great all year. Yeah, yeah, the guys have been giving me a little crap about not shooting uh, enough, and uh, you know, I was coming down and. I uh, had shot the whole way, and uh, you know, fortunately for me, went in. Yeah, not not as much as I'm supposed to, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it just you know, uh, it's good things happen when you shoot the puck, and we had a good opportunity. Yeah, I, I I was coming with a lot of speed, and um, I'm not sure if he was he was backing up a lot or, or what it was, but it just seemed that short side was a lot more open than normal, and uh, I know I just tried to get it past his glove quickly, and uh, you know, like I said, fortunately went in. Yeah, well, the first one, I didn't even see the first one. I, I don't know if I hit someone, but um, and then his second one was a seeing seeing eyes. It went through everyone and, and found the pulse. I'm not even sure. None of us knew it went in on the bench. We thought it went crossbar into the crowd, and no one reacted for a little while. But it was uh, you know, a great shot by him, and uh, like I said, good things happen when you put the puck to the net. Well, they certainly do, and the Oilers get four in tonight. 4-1 victory over the Sharks. Drake Kajula. Nice shot there. He poked it away from Paul Martin at the blue line, sped away, goes short side on Martin Jones, his fourth of the season, unassisted at 11.31 of the third. That really put it away for the Oilers. They're 7-0-1 in their last eight. It's the second time this season they've had an eight-game stretch where they've won seven. Remember, they started the year 7-1. and All right, we got Colin on the line. Colin, what's up? Hey, Reed. Just pumped tonight. Another Oilers win. I don't know if I'm as pumped as uh, Randy Savage there, but you know what? It's great. It's great to catch the game that worked, and they get down by one, and I'm not shutting it off and checking the score later because I can listen to the game and have faith. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad they. Uh, I'm glad you got a job that lets you follow hockey while you're working. That's good stuff. Oh yeah, I pump it over the PA system. The whole night shift warehouse. They're going. I got guys just moved here from the Congo, and they're Oilers fans too now. Oh, awesome stuff! Have you had to and explain the game? Even, even my son, he's 13, and the last five, six years, you know, you want to go to the game, you want to go to the game. I'm going tonight, and even on a school night, no interest. No, Dad, they'll lose. But now he wants to go. He's waking up and watching the highlights before school. It's amazing what produces with a winner. Well, that's a good point, and uh, you know, I, I think I think you make a good point. It's they're I mean, Robin. Robin, and I've said this a million times. They're they're in every game, right? I they're mean, in every game, yeah. Even the games they've lost, you've you've left thinking, well, okay, they they needed a better shot or two, but uh, they're not getting like the phrase we used to use, totally boxed out. And it, and really, Colin, this this is kind of a normal season now. This is yeah, how exactly. this is how most 
this is how usually most teams experience it. They're in the race, you get some points there, some points here, have some rough nights, but you're you're always fighting. They're are, consistent. Are you ready to finish the play? Awesome, right on. Okay, I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear it. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Bomb expertly positioned, was able to boot that one into the corner, back to the point. Maroon a clear, McDavid down the middle of the ice, through Braun, back defensively, quick shot, and... Okay, quick shot by McDavid. Was that a goal or not? That was a goal. Mm, or, that was a McDavid's or, goal. Did they, that, go back to, did they go back to Sakura? Did he get all that one? That, that was specifically McDavid shooting the puck in the first period. Oh, Save. Here we go. <laughs> Bomb expertly positioned. Was able to boot that one into the corner. Back to the point. Maroon a clear. McDavid down the middle of the ice. Through Braun. Back defensively. Quick shot. And Jones has it. Actually, uh, when you saw the replay, pretty close to sliding under Jones. And a great job by McDavid just to get the shot away. He was getting harassed from behind. The puck was actually poked away, and he was able to kick it back up to his stick at the last minute. Uh, McDavid does get a goal and an assist tonight. Dreisaitl gets an assist. They extend their points streaks to six games. Mm-hmm. Cassian's come to an end. That's too bad. <laughs> but when your fourth-line guy He's has a... Pretty good he got five. Yeah, you're pretty good. But once again, an oiler on the third or fourth line comes through with a huge goal. It was Last night it was Cassian. Tonight it's Kajula. If you want to win, if you want to be a playoff team, if you want to win in the playoffs, you have to have depth players that come up at big moments, and the others are getting that. Four goals tonight, a $100 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. All right, guys, here's what we have to do, and we have several people on hold, so I just want to ask you to be patient. We haven't had a full newscast in a while, so we want to give you the news and weather at midnight, and then we're coming right back. Everybody's getting in, 780-496-0063. How about it? The Oilers sweep California, 4 nothing last night in Anaheim, 4-1 tonight over the Sharks. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12 seconds to go in this first period. Now a flurry by Edmonton. McDavid cuts inside, turns, dishes, one-timer, score! Andre Sekra chopped it toward the net, and I believe it caromed off Patrick Maroon, and the Oilers get the equalizer 5.6 before the break. We talked about it. San Jose, 20 wins and just two defeats when they lead after one, but Edmonton's top line able to cycle the Sharks to death. Good shift by Patrick Maroon. It didn't go in off him. It actually went in off Mark Edward Vlasic. Andre Sekra got credit. He had two goals tonight, including the game winner in the second period and the final. Edmonton 4, San Jose 1. Want to take a quick look at your Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. The Coyotes beat the Canucks 3-0. What was it? Uh, Vancouver went almost half the game without a shot. Was it 28 minutes? 28 plus minutes. I thought it said it. I mean, I had my glasses on when I was reading the TV, but it looked like it was a record. They went 28 minutes plus before their first shot on net in the game, and it was an Icing, well, shorthanded by Alex Burrows was the first shot on net. Uh, yeah, 28 minutes, 12 seconds. That's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, that's crazy. 
Stars beat the Sabres 4-3. Winnipeg getting a big win in Chicago 5-3. Wild over the Blues 5-1. Man, the Blues have had some rough nights over the last couple of weeks. They have. I I don't think they're as strong as they have been in the past. They've just lost too many good hockey players that have moved on and gone to other teams. Predators beat the Blue Jackets 4-3. Panthers in overtime 2-1 over the Lightning. The Flames win in overtime 3-2 in Ottawa. Great overtime goal by Goudreau and an even better goal in regulation time by Sean Monahan. The Kings beat the Hurricanes 3-0. Flyers edge the Leafs 2-1. New York Islanders 3, Montreal Canadiens 1. Washington 5-2 winners in New Jersey. Boston gets by Pittsburgh 4-3. Sorry, Rob. Penguins couldn't win tonight. You know they needed you. you. Can't, they can't, you know, exactly. I've been saying it. I, I could go s- slowly skate around the ice for them right now. <laughs> That's your advantage, Trailer Rental Scoreboard. We have Kevin on the line. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, boy. Thanks for staying up so late for us Oilers fans. Our pleasure. I plan on doing my best uh, Junkyard Dog impression. uh, (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, man. Oh, yeah, boys. uh, I'm just wondering, uh, Reed, you made a good point about, uh, as a diehard Oilers fan, a game like this tonight, you would almost be happy with the point. But the fact that they played so well tonight, it's a different atmosphere in that dressing room, obviously. You guys are close to the team. Is it, uh, for lack of a better word, because some people have left the dressing room or just a new attitude because of coaching and stuff? I I, I think it's more addition than it is subtraction, I think. I think that they've got some really good leaders in this team that have come from good organizations that have had success. I think they've bought into what the coaching staff has brought. This like, is, a maroon, uh, like a maroon or a, a maroon, a Lucic, uh, a Chris Russell. I mean, when uh, I mean a Matt Hendricks who's been around here for a while now, but he still uh, is well respected. When you've got guys that come in that you respect and they're also likable, then you know you're, it just makes it a better atmosphere in the room. And then you add this young leader in Connor McDavid. So your best player... Who mentions them a lot, by the way. He yeah, he does. Luch, uh, he yeah. talks about Lucic a lot, but Connor yeah. McDavid still is a great leader. He's he's your best player who's also your hardest working player. So yeah. I think... that uh, have a great guy as your best player. Uh, yeah. I want, before I leave, uh, Reed, I want to thank you for having my good buddy Paul Meyerhoff on your show. Oh, nice. For all stand-up comics in Canada. Keep it up. We appreciate it. Cool, yeah. I love having Paul on. Thank you very much for calling, Kevin. 780-496-0063. Yeah, it's interesting when people ask us that question because... Rob, we're not there when it's only the players and the coach in the room, or sometimes only the players. So they're not going to act the same when the media is allowed access or or, or post game. Mm-hmm. But I, I certainly sense, and you reference some of the players who have added, who I think have been a bit of a calming influence. And look, you got an experienced GM, you got an experienced coach. Um, you know, even even adding Bob Nicholson, I, I yep. think, has helped with some calmness and some 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 direction. So it, it, it's it's a lot of things. Um, I, I don't think you know. You correct me if I'm wrong. You've been there. I, I don't. I don't even think the players necessarily have to like each other in terms of like, oh, let's be buddies and spend the entire day together. But but when they're in that room, they're united. They all know what their jobs are. They respect the other guys' jobs, and, and I think all that is making a difference. It is, but it is also an advantage when you do like each other. It it does help um, when you want and are cheering for others to do well on the ice. And I, from what you see, 
And, and what I see from from watching the games, watching the bench, watching the players, how they uh, interact with each other during warm up, after periods, uh, at the end of the game. Uh, if you just keep looking at things like that, this is a team that enjoys being together. Now, obviously, winning uh, makes well, it easier. Help, yeah. yeah, but they it just they just have a, a more laid back attitude with a strong belief. I mean, it used to be before if frustration set in on some players, it carried out into their play on the ice. Now we still see that a bit with Pouliot, but a number of the other players. They just, you know, it just roll off. You know, we just got scored. Well, we'll just get it back next game or next period. I mean, next shift. Where they just, they it just it, they just seem different than I've seen them in the past. And I think a lot of it has to do is they got a coach that they've had now, back to back years. They 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 believe in his systems. He is respected because he has been a good coach in this league. And they've bought in, and now when they bought in, they're like, oh, you know what, this guy's right. Look at us. Look where we are. And they just seem to understand. There's guys on this team right now, like Halucic, I don't think is ex- going to be exactly happy with where his position is. He played, what, 12 minutes tonight in the game, Matt. Yep. Uh, Zach Cassian end up playing more than him. Yet he, he's a leader on that team, and you never see a negative word come out of him. They, this, this team is just a, a very positive group right now that has a strong belief in it showing on the ice. 4-1, the Oilers win it. We have K-Jam calling in tonight. K-Jam, good to hear from you. Hey, thanks, Reed. Thanks, Rob. Um, you know what? I, I missed part of it, so um, uh, I'll excuse, uh, hopefully, excuse me, if like I'm kind of off base and where I'm coming from in this. But I did hear you guys talking with a caller about Devin Dubinick. And I don't know if it was sort of like, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, I uh, wish we had Dubinick or, or maybe it was a mistake. No, or, no, he just, maybe... he, he, he said that he would, he would vote for Talbot for the Vesna. Well, well, his biggest thing with Dubnik, he yeah. said that this is just a one-year thing for Dubnik. Oh, right. He's not that good, and that's where we okay. disagree. Devin is a very good yeah. goalie. Oh, I disagree. I, I disagree for sure. But I want I want to talk about you know like this season, and you know all the different things this season in McDavid and Drysdale has had me stop talking about because of this, and you know like McDavid just obviously is 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 the, like how all this comes about, and then obviously Shirelli and and the new coaching staff, but all the stuff that I used to talk about that I'm not going to talk about, I'm just going to go over it one time here real quick, and then I'm not going to talk about it again. So it's like like, like Oilers that we traded or lost in era, like Jeff Petrie, Devin Dubnik, Tom Gilbert, Tobias Ryder. I don't talk about those guys anymore. You know, players that we drafted or players that, you know, we maybe should have drafted, you know, like maybe taking a Morgan Riley versus a Yakubov or a Boone Jenner over a David Usel or a Damon Severson over a Mitch Mraz. I used to talk about that stuff. I don't talk about that stuff anymore. That's because of McDavid. You know, bad or borderline signings like Eric Belanger, Teddy Purcell, Mark Thane, Nick Schultz, Andrew Ferentz. I don't, I don't talk about that anymore. And that's because we wouldn't be where we are. Players that didn't work out like Sam Gagne, Magnus Pajarvi, Justin Schultz, Lance Omark, I don't talk about those guys anymore. You know, coaches or management that, that performed below expectations like Dallas Aiken, Steve Sampolini, Max T. You know, I, I, I don't talk about that anymore. And, you know, I'm almost to the point where it's like, like I, I think that I'm going to stop talking about Pronger soon and him leaving because <laughs> McDavid and Drysital and this season, like we wouldn't be here if we hadn't gone through all of that. So you know what? Mistakes were made. There was pain. There was there was a lot of of of, of, of looking backwards and saying, oh geez, you know maybe maybe we should have done this or maybe we should have done that or you know it's too bad this didn't happen or this didn't work out. 
But you know what? Like, all that's in the past now. So when I hear people call in and talk about those guys anymore, I just laugh. I mean, like, you know, we wouldn't be where we are. Where we, are. we wouldn't have Dreisaitl and, and McDavid and be set up in the way that we are if it wasn't for all this stuff happening. So when I hear people talk about any of that stuff anymore, I'm just going to say, you know, like, that's, that doesn't even relevant anymore. And just enjoy where we're at. Yeah, thanks, KJ. Well, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but it is interesting uh, and the Oilers aren't aren't there yet. It's it's been a good two thirds of a season, but a lot of the teams that have been good over the last twelve to fifteen years won a draft lottery. Chicago, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, the name three. Now, Boston, well, and, Boston, different. And but and they won it in the right years. Yeah, I mean you could. Well, win even it. Vancouver was picking high and picked two, th- traded for the extra pick to get the Sedins two three. And they right? turned out pretty good. Turned those guys. Great. Pretty good. So I mean, it, 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 it is it is true. The draft has rewarded bad well, bad teams who, well, in most it, cases, have it's, improved. It's better to be be lucky than good. And the others were, were were not good, but they were lucky and got Connor McDavid. And now all their fortunes have changed, and they've built around that. But they yeah, still you still got to build around you, it, which they still, weren't. They didn't do with the original three. No, two of them are now gone. Yes, all in Yakupov. Yakupov won't be in the NHL next year. No, that's a story for another day. All right, we have Robert on line two. Hi, Robert. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Hello. Yeah, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a first time caller. I enjoy your show. Well, thank you very much. So, and then uh, tonight, I just uh, and I tonight I want I want to talk about Talbot and the way he. I want to talk about Talbot and the way he played in the you know, second of back to back games. He didn't look uh, he didn't look tired at all to me. You're absolutely right. I mean, he was fantastic tonight, and he had to be, especially early in the hockey game. Yeah, but you know, I think uh, now I have another question. Now, 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 out of the out of the 31 games that are remaining, how how many of those games realistically do you think Talbot will start? Uh, I would say minimum 25. Yeah, same here. And probably they'll just judge as they go forward the importance of the games and his fatigue level. But I would, from what we've seen from him and what we've seen from the coaching staff, I would say there'd be a minimum of 25 of those 31 that you'll see Cam Talbot in. I, I do think Brassois will probably start next Friday in Carolina mm-hmm. because that you have Thursday in Nashville, Friday in Carolina, and then an afternoon game in yeah. Montreal. Um, I mean, maybe Brassois starts against Tampa, Tampa Bay or Florida later on yeah. in the month. So that's the, two in February. Talbot could easily start the entire eight-game homestand in March. Then Brassois would probably get one of these. He probably might get Colorado, Colorado. Probably Colorado. We're already playing it out. Yeah, there's three games we've given him, and now we're in April. And then, and then if they clinch, I, mean, I can't believe we're actually. That's awesome. Yeah. If they if they clinch, then you know maybe you could start Talbot or uh, Brassois two of the five in so April. So actually, so twenty-five might be. It might be light twenty-five yeah. games. It might be. It might be twenty-seven-ish. You got to go with what okay. helps you win, and right now, Cam Talbot, he has been a, a stud each and every night for the Edmonton Oilers. He's given them their best chances to win. Yeah, no, and uh, no, and I think, uh, no, uh, no, and I think, uh, think another player that was seen come on lately would be, I'd have to say, would be uh, Jordan Eberle after he had that, after he had that 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 real real dry spell where he just he just couldn't seem to score. Yeah, well, sorry, Rob. No, well, I mean, for for what 
One thing that Craig Metavish used to say is uh, when you're on a long winning streak, the very end, some of the times you're winning games you shouldn't. And when you're on a long losing streak, sometimes you're playing better than the losses are. I think with Jordan Everly, before he started scoring, he had about five or six really strong games. Just the puck just would not go in the net for him. And then they finally started going in. He and his line mates have been better. I didn't notice them as much tonight. But he and his line mates have been much better as of late. And you know what? Everly's been checking. And, you know, I know people are going to get on him for the back checking and the goal he didn't back check on against Dallas a couple months ago. He's had those in his career. Everyone has. But, I mean, he's. And there was, there were, there was a play last night. I, remember, I forgot to mention it last night. The Ducks had a chance. It was, you know, it was, it was for nothing. And the Ducks had that little push, obviously, which mm-hmm. is going to happen when it's a lopsided game. And they, they had a chance, and there was a rebound in front. Jordan Everly was the low man that was right in front of the net and skated skated out with it. So, you know, he's he's got to keep doing the You have to contribute if you're not scoring. And I think he's doing a better job of that. Yeah, well, uh, thanks, Reed. Thanks, Rob. I enjoy your show. Thank thanks, you Robert. Much. Call anytime. All right, Cam and Sim are up next. We've got to get a timeout in. It's 12-18. The Oilers win at 4-1 in San Jose. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton Oilers 4, San Jose Sharks 1. The Oilers are 28-15-8 on the season. They're 15-7-5 on the road. Since December 1st, they are 16-5-6. 64 points tied for first with the Sharks in the Pacific Division. Sharks do get the tiebreaker because they've played one less game. Rob Brown along for the ride as well. Thanks for staying up. It's 12-22. Want to take a couple more calls, buddy? Wait, were you just... Thanking me for staying up, I appreciate everybody. That. I'm just thanking everybody <laughs> who's listening. Let's take some. Like we're Cam. here. We made Cam's well. up. Hello, Cam. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well. Not afraid to stay up once in a while, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So, um, I was just going to give some observations quickly on what I saw in the first half and what's happened recently. Um, I would say Talbot, um, first of all, doesn't have a suitor or a, um, a Weber. And, and uh, you know, if you look at what Price has had, Price has had, uh, you know, he had three Olympians on his decor over the past three or four years, too. So what Talbot's doing with a young D is, uh, not necessarily a young D, but a not great D to date has been phenomenal. So I would say he's got to be real close. Um, I would say something that's really changed a lot for these guys has been much more sensible entries. They just, they're just doing things a lot more sensibly approaching um, the, the offensive end and, and doing more sensible things with the puck. That's been noticeable the last two and a half weeks. The ability to prevent exit, I, I, I don't think I've seen a team in a stretch against two real good teams do what they've done. Like they had, they had um, Anaheim and they also had San Jose foiled quite often with being able to prevent exits. And, and I it's nice. It's quite a luxury because it allows them to back their D, allows the Oilers to back their D off, and and when forwards are able to prevent an exit from the from the other team, I mean that's just staggering. And then the final thing is, you know, we um, the Oilers have enough skill and and a good enough D to be able to move the puck, you know, with overs and 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 a lot of uh, you know real nice short game stuff from D to D 
below the hash marks and they get backed off on, I think that's not necessarily just because of that, but there's just so much force. If you look at the white jerseys tonight, the amount of force going north of the offensive zone, you know, the other team has to just back off and it really creates a real soft belly through neutral ice and gives a lot of room. So I would I don't I don't know, Rob, I guess I'll leave you with this question. How would you when they're playing their best how would you game plan this team? I think they're a nightmare to game plan when they're on. So I'll leave you with that. Well, well, the tough thing to play against the Oilers right now, and especially if they get the Nugent Hopkins line going, is they got depth scoring. So a Nugent Hopkins and an Everly who have both been first-line players here at Edmonton, Edmonton at times are going to be going against second or third-pairing defense. I, I think that you talked about the, the exit for the opposition teams, the Oilers are much more dogged right now uh, around the puck. They're, they're, they're hunting it down. And it, it starts with Connor McDavid, who still, I believe, even though he's been in the league now for, seems like, a full year's worth of games, still surprises teams with his two steps, his first two steps and his stick. You think you got him beat, you can make a pass, and all of a sudden his stick's in the way, he blocks it, you're going the other way. Leon Dreisaitl tonight a couple of times. And everyone is feeding off of that. The Oilers don't quit on plays. used to be that, you know what, they, they get their opportunity, the puck's going the other way, all right, let's just go back to our own end now. Some of them would cheat a little bit, hoping that there's a turnover. The Oilers don't do that now. They're, they're, they just dog the guy, whoever's got the puck, they just aggressive, aggressive. And you, you see it when you get into the three-on-three hockey. A lot of teams, they play a passive three-on-three against the Oilers. When the Oilers lose the puck, they're, they're whole, they got a determination to get it back. And that's from start to finish now in the hockey game. So the the others, there's still some warts, but all the teams in the, the league have some warts. But the work ethic is there. The commitment to detail is there. And they've got the talent both in net and, and in the up front that allows them to be in every hockey game. And a break here or there, at the end of the night, they're going to have more goals than the opposition. I got a question here on my uh, email from Timothy who says, when was the last time the Oilers toured California and won versus both the Sharks and the Ducks? Well, I'm not going to break it down that specifically because the schedule, the rotation of how they go through California changes all the time. But Jack Michaels put this out earlier. This is the first time the Oilers have swept a two-game trip to California since December 2nd and 3rd, 2007. They beat the Ducks 4 nothing and L.A. 4-3 in a shootout. And I was just looking back further. In uh, March of 2003, they won in L.A. 2-1, and then in Anaheim uh, 4-1. It doesn't happen often. Just no, like the when, California teams have been good. Yeah, well, just like when the Oilers and the Flames were both good, very seldom did a, a team come out of here with two points, let alone four. So the California teams have been good for a long, long time. The Oilers haven't. Hence uh, the, the record that the Oilers have had for quite a while. All right, we have Sim on the line. Hi, Sim. Hey. The comment I want to make is uh, just on uh, just the attitude of the Oilers these days. It started in Nashville for me when they lost, and there could have been a couple of penalties called against Nashville. And at the end of the game, Edmonton didn't whine about those. They said, basically, they said they didn't play good enough to win. And that's really, uh, that's, that's a winning team right there. They don't whine about stuff that doesn't go their way in past maybe that Larson penalty four minutes you know that they'd look at that and say oh that we got that four minute penalty maybe they got a couple potted against them and they would have said well it's because the penalty but they 
powered through it and they gave them they put themselves in a in a position to win and that's that comes from Todd and everyone else and just the everything about the team that they just they just there's no excuses with this team no you're right there's a lot more accountability from the coaching staff holding the players accountable but the players hold themselves accountable and yeah. when when players Pouliot this year took some dumb penalties, he was sad. He came around and said, "No, I was stupid. I shouldn't have done that." Uh, when Talbot won game, he said, I, "I should have made more saves. I, I have to be better." Connor McDavid, when he, he he gets hauled down or where there could be a penalty almost every shift on him, you, you see him casually talk to a referee, but there's never the head thrown back. There's never the arms thrown in the air. This team, they they're businesslike. And it's something that we haven't seen in a long time. And if your top players are doing it, if your top players, the Connor McDavid's, uh, the Leon Drysellers, are taking abuse, not complaining, not whining, well, then no one else on the team has the right to do it. And it just trickles down your lineup to the point where everyone is just all focused on doing what is right and doing it for the team. Yep. Thanks for calling, Tim. We. Hopefully we've got a nice Stanley Cup run coming. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun, buddy. Thanks a lot for calling. 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Andre Secra. A couple more calls ahead as well. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Cam Talbot makes 32 saves. The Oilers win on back-to-back nights tonight. Well, I guess technically last night. Now 4-1 over the San Jose Sharks. They fell behind early. Didn't matter. They respond. Secker with two. Kajula and then McDavid into an empty net. Thanks for staying up. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We have Yasim on the line. Hey, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for, uh, for taking my call. As first-time caller uh, from while I've been living out here. Um, I just uh, had a couple things. Um, I know that a lot of people, you know, um, been talking about the Oilers being buyers at the deadline for the first time in, in a long time, and, and, and I think everybody is, you know, kind of uh, well, not everybody, but I've heard a lot of you know the Oilers are willing to move their first round pick and and go after a big ticket item like maybe Shattenkirk just for a, a run, and I, I still think that's the wrong approach because we're still in our infancy of uh, being a playoff team, and I still think there's room to grow. So I'm thinking, you know, that pick, we still have, other than Florby, our farm system is still kind of suspect. Uh, but what about, and I know uh, Iginla's name's been tossed around, but what about uh, guys, you know, a right-handed defenseman who can run a power play like maybe Cody Friends? I don't think he'd cost that much. And, and Radham for that bata is a guy who can, a right-hand shot, he can move up and down the lineup and, and help the power play. Um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to to the playoffs and uh, I think we have enough to, to win in a round or two and uh, and maybe more but um, I don't think we're, we should uh, start paying every price for uh, for short term players at this time and, and players like those two friends in Verbata they won't expect uh, affect our expansion uh, protection list because they're both going to be free agents this year yeah, well, uh, that's I, all I got. yeah. You see, I agree with all, almost all you said. I, I I don't think they should sell the farm to try to add a rental. I I, I don't think that's productive at this point. Uh, I, I mean, the team is going to grow, but I, I, Rob, I think the Oilers are at a stage where I mean, look, they need. The, of course, you have to tweak the roster to improve. But what's encouraging is that they finally kind of turned a corner here, and there will be internal growth. 
Dreisaitl and McDavid will improve. As mm-hmm. good as they've been this year, they haven't peaked. Benning's going to improve. Nurse is going to improve. Clefbaum and Larson are still young enough. They should improve. So, yes, you will have to round out the roster, but I wouldn't sacrifice that or a significant prospect to uh, get in Shattenkirk. Now, I think kind of a middle six guy, like a Hansel or a Verbata. I mean, there's that stone defenseman, too, from Arizona that possibly um, you could add as, as a rental as well. But and now, and now the thing is, though, the better the Oilers do, the less appealing the first-round pick is. If they mm-hmm. keep winning and they're fifth overall at the trade deadline, no team's going to give up something significant for what could be the 24th pick. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Peter Shrell is going to sell the farm. I think he understands where the others are, where they're going, and, and I, I think he likes the team that he has. He's gonna, I think he'll look for depth players that are cheap at the deadline that aren't going to cost him a whole lot. Kellen, is that your record you just tweeted out? Uh, it is. The Oilers' record this year with Kellen as our studio producer is 25-9-7. and seven. That's a pretty good record. That's pretty good, buddy. All right. Dean, thanks for calling. What's up? Gentlemen, how are you? Doing well. Excellent. Um, I was lucky enough to live through the heydays here in my late teens and early 20s. So uh, unlike most, I, I can say I'm happy forever. Um, but it's nice to nice to be eating steak again and watching the boys do real good. Um, I know a lot of a lot of people get sick of me saying, "Yeah, I've I saw enough cups that I can honestly be a, a happy Oiler fan for the rest of my life." But it's great going into the All Star break, and I know this this three game stretch where they started off in Calgary and, and coming up to the last game last night tonight could have you know put the team in a whole different perspective because by no means were those you know six easy points. Um, I think a lot of people would have been ecstatic with four of the six and then to get six and to not give up any by uh, having a three-point game is, is huge um one thing i want to ask you about i know looking ahead to the expansion draft a lot of, from what i can tell and, and correct me if i'm wrong but the debate seems to be between like um cassian uh or one of the defensemen is that is that nope I, I don't think so. I, I think the others are going to go seven, three, and one. It okay. makes more sense if they do that. Then they don't. I mean, it'll be Larson, Clefbaum, uh, and Sek. Sekera will be your three guys that are going to be protected, and a Davidson will be will be left off. The other way, I just don't think they would go the other way because I think they. It just now doesn't make sense. Now the wild cards, if if and when they re-sign Russell. True. Now I have another question and it's kind of way out of left field but I was thinking about the whole thing what about Lucic what about him guaranteed to be protected absolutely he ha- he, he by rule he has to be because he has okay. a no move clause but they would they would have protected him anyways it did that didn't okay. matter I'm just the way the way that the guys you know like the Cassians and the Maroons have really turned out this this year and of course, you know we're all happy because things are going so well. Um, it's like, well, did they overspend for him? Like, did they go too much money long term? I know, you know, you just listed off how the guys are going to get better because they're nowhere near the peak. Like, a lot of those names are in their early twenties; they're not even close to the twenty-seven, thirty-year-old peak range. Um, it's like, so that's why I mean. But with the no movement clause, of course, that that throws that out. But uh, it was almost like, well. 
you know, I was happy with the Hall trade, and 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 regardless of whether they got Lucic, I, you know, and for for various reasons, and there's no need to talk about it, but I almost thought it was addition by subtraction. Um, but with 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 Lucic coming in, everybody thought it was kind of a package deal. But the way it's turned out was how well you know, casting. You're looking at a guy that was pretty much on his last chance. From, from what, what I've heard and, and it was like the Oilers gave him a chance and and I think it says a lot that the only time he really snapped you could say was with the Taylor Hall incident and uh, it's just I think that as much as anything to, to see how Maroon and, and how Cassian have played have been the biggest change here and you know what maybe it's, maybe it's a direct result because of Lucic but uh it, it's good to see. It's good to see him mess it up, and it, it's good to, you know, even even Connor in Calgary seeing what he did when, when Drysaddle got hit. You know, that's leadership right there. Yeah, thanks, Dean, for calling. We appreciate it. I, I, I know Lucic is going to be criticized. Fair enough. I, I'm just of the mindset. Let's let's see how this plays out. Uh, and I mean, Rob, probably. 15 months ago, say mid-November last season, a lot of people didn't want Talbot and Secker on the team. Quite frankly. Yep, you're right. You're so, right. So, and they've worked out pretty well. All right, Scott's on the line as well. Hi, Scott. Hey guys, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Excellent. Uh, my my uh, choice for pickup would be uh, the guy that uh, Pittsburgh just put on waivers, Steve Oleski. Big, solid defenseman, right-hand defenseman, tough, sticks up for his teammates. He's kind of like a bigger version of Chris Russell. What do you guys think? Well, I don't know. I mean, can Eric, can Eric Griba not do that? If you need to put a guy like that in the lineup, but I, I get the impression that Oleski is a bit uh, bit better skater. Yeah, probably. But cost us nothing. That's you know, I don't want to give up the farm. You know, I think we've got a great team. I think you need to let these guys uh, gel. And uh, with Nurse coming back, I, I wouldn't make any big moves. I think uh, chemistry on your team is more important. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All right, Andre Secra, two goals tonight. He gets the game winner back to San Jose. Here's his post-game reaction. Right now with the Sharks, 64 points and ending on a really big hot streak going into the All-Star. Well, those are two really good teams we just played in Anaheim, San Jose, and uh, I think uh, everybody chipped in on, on both of these games, and uh, we played uh, two really good uh, road ho- hockey games, and uh, overall as a team, we played pretty well. Your shots, the one in the, in the second period there to go off a stick, or what, what happened there? You like on your call? Well, I have no idea. I just tried to get it th- through through the net. I saw Luge in front. You know, uh, goalie can can stop what he can see, and he did a great job with the screen and went in. Uh, first one, uh, good forecheck by the guys. Uh, I saw an opening, jump in. Connor gave it to me, and I think Patty went in front of the guy, so uh, didn't see probably much, and I just tried to get it to the net. Of these two games, you have been able to get timely goals late in periods. Tonight, yours ties it up. What's that say about your club? Well, I think we're growing as a team, and I think we're starting to understand like, how tough it will be down the stretch. So uh, we're just trying to play a solid 60-minute effort every night, and uh, let's see where they will take us. All right. Well, the Oilers use all the 60 minutes tonight. They score at least once in every period, including twice in the third, and they beat the San Jose Sharks 4-1. McDavid and Dreisaitl points in six straight. Kajula got a big goal tonight, his fourth of the season. All right, so the next Oilers broadcast is going to be on Tuesday. They'll host the Minnesota Wild 
5.30 face-off show. Game starts at 7 right here on 6.30, Chad. 1.30 Sunday afternoon, we'll have coverage from Los Angeles of the NHL All-Star Game featuring your captain, Connor McDavid. 4-1 the final in San Jose tonight. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Have a great night. Thank <laughs> you.